0: Check it out. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to start a podcast. It has all the tools in one place that you need right from your phone or computer to edit and publish your podcast. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. I'm using it right along with you. The Frankie Files If you would like information on Colts in the news, please join my new substack, FrankieTs.substack.com. The Frankie Files podcast is researched, written, recorded, and edited by me, Frankie Tees. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 22 of the Frankie Files. Today is dedicated to cult kids. Each Fourth Tuesday is people who were raised in a cult from birth or taken as young children. There's so little out here for us that I'm trying to increase knowledge Today I want to talk about training and conditioning. Recognizing that we were systematically controlled and conditioned can be very unnerving. It's hard, still, for me to accept that someone was so calculating in targeting and manipulating myself and my family into a state of acceptance of their agenda. It recently came up in conversation that those of us who were in cults, especially in the inner circle, especially young and impressionable kids like I was starting at age eight, they love that. We're less resistant and once they disable our parents of the troll, the sky's the limit. The horse or cult follower, devotee, disciple, student, parishioner, is broken in order to get the best possible performance out of them, but it's done systematically. The subject is conditioned to make sure they accept what is demanded from their master, but it doesn't happen overnight or all at once. It takes time for the cult leader, religious leader, dominant charismatic leader to get their training complete. So today I found an article on how to break a horse. Yeah. I'm going there. It's way too applicable. I'm going to read to you from this article from horsewritinghq.com, How to Break a Horse for Riding, and point out what are somewhat obvious similarities to how we were broken in a church or high-demand group, creating submissive and accepting behavior toward our masters. How did they do that? Well, in essence, we are all animals. <laughs> Humans are animals too with more ability than a horse to think, but we are animals which are programmable. It is known. And I think you may cold kids, get a chuckle or maybe some aha moments out of this analogy. I know I did. So here we go. Every time I say horse, you drink. (laughs) No, just kidding. Every time I say horse, I want you to substitute the word horse with human. Every time I say the word rider, substitute leader or master. The leaders we encountered when our parents took us to a cult were thinking in terms just such as I am about to read to you. They were thinking in terms of conditioning a human in order to get the best experience of us that they could, in order to use us as willing subjects, and make sure they coerce us in the right direction. The similarities are uncanny here, you'll see. The connection between horse and rider is just something exceptional, but it still doesn't happen automatically. Not every horse is conditioned to allow you to ride him, and some may acquire a lot of practice until they're able to saddle. If you're searching for a way to break a horse, Here are a few practical techniques and steps you could take to get it done. The most significant distinction between a horse that is ridden all the time versus one who declines to ride is typically only a question of familiarity. A young horse, of course, won't be as accustomed to the thought of having a rider on his back. You ought to progressively expose the horse to the basic concepts, rather than expecting that they can suddenly take them up and start galloping into the sunset. I believe they call this grooming. At first, we may have had an initial impression that we were in danger, that the leader who ran our lives was not a nice person, or that there was an off feeling, (laughs) and there was. So the pedophile or abuser knows this. They use techniques of just noticeable differences to get us used to things. They use hypnosis, stirring language, and God to disarm these initial concerns. Or they would not have any followers. But it's astonishing how this is so simply broken down in terms of training a horse. Of course. I'll continue. Please do not believe everything you see in the movies concerning riding a horse. It's not possible for you to just jump onto a wild stallion's back and run away, very much unharmed. A horse that has never been ridden or trained is unbroken. In other words, it's not tamed or used to be ridden on. As such, unbroken horses, those that are too young for training, or Brumbies, wild horses, should never be left in the care of riders who are beginners. Comment. Don't try coercive manipulation at home, folks. Unless you're a professional. That's why a charismatic leader is needed, someone who doesn't mind taking whip in hand, getting you ready to feel the weight on your back and the responsibility of owing your master or spiritual leader everything. At first, they resist the idea of being owned, but if you're good, you'll have this horse, I mean human, eating out of your hands in no time. Back to the article. Breaking a horse involves taming or conditioning by humans to get a horse to let himself be harnessed or ridden. What's wrong with this term? It's an unfriendly one that implies that force is used to break the spirit of a horse. Old legends have it that you're going to be knocked off when you hit a horse for the first time, now and then and again, before the task is completed. Translation, do not call a spade a spade. We don't actually break the horse, we condition it. We don't recruit slaves into a cult, we indoctrinate members. It's for their own good and life productivity. They have convinced themselves (laughs) that it's a waste if they do not use us to the maximum somehow. That seems like another broadcast though. (laughs) Well, the fact is that leaders look for those in transition, unstable environments or lives who make the ideal candidate. They can't just go around conditioning every wild horse who's been conditioned that they have to carry people on their backs. That's too high a risk of exposing the psycho they are, the type of person who sees every person as simply a resource to be used. Continued, A well-broken horse, however, means that the horse has been conditioned, is capable of executing responsibilities. Breaking a horse for the first time You'll need patience, strategy, knowledge, and time to build on trust. Most experts prefer to break a horse in a round pen, but otherwise enclosed space like an arena or small paddock can help secure the free-spirited equine in place. Comment. I believe they call this milieu control. The cult leader or manipulator must have an isolated environment where no other horses can have an influence on the subject he wants to break. The routine and suggestibility must be completely limited to gain control over subject. Back to the article. Gain trust by building a relationship. Comment. Do you remember the first time you looked into the eyes of your spiritual master or leader? I do. There was a gaze given that was mesmerizing. Over time after that, I remember more consistent time was spent between us to gain my trust. The slavery and family separation didn't just happen all at once, folks. Let's continue. When you want to break a horse, the first thing you must do is establish a level of trust with the horse because the horse needs to feel safe and relaxed in his environment and with the people who will be working with him. You do this by approaching the horse or moving towards it. However, the key here is to know when to retreat or back off. You must understand that it's in the horse's instinct to get fearful when you approach. Translation, in other words, the colt kid isn't going to trust you. They know you have an ulterior motive, intent to domesticate them into subservience. So approach slowly so they don't get spooked. Pressure and release. Consider this a negative reinforcement. For instance, a leash on a dog. Encourage and guide the animal using the leash and release it when it does the right thing or moves into the right direction. It is crucial to remember that you should raise the pressure in the most sustainable manner imaginable. Hmm. Note my perspective. Translating this to us cultists, the illusion of choice must be maintained even when your choices are being taken away. To give an illusion to the subject or disciple that this is all free will and choice, not that they are being conditioned or pigeonholed into choosing the thing the master wanted all along. Often, hypnotism and preaching, song and environment such as smells, is used to accomplish this stage and is often repeated for the new indoctrination. You're listening to The Frankie Files, Files com back to the article. You can also release when the response is going how you intended. Note that it must be timed perfectly. Release to the maximum when the answer is mentally and physically correct. Let's relate to this horse. Maybe he or she doesn't want to join you in the trailer. Don't pressure the horse. Instead, hang on to the cord. Slowly relax the hold to acknowledge any effort. Relax absolutely until the objective is completed. Nevertheless, whatever the variation of this strategy you want, the principle remains the same. The pressure motivates the animal. However, it benefits from the release. Note, it can be hard to look and accept that opportunist leaders did things exactly like this. I look back now and see the absolute conniving that went into making my family separation happen. It was deliberate and not overnight. But once they sold my sister and I the lies, we literally would no longer listen to our parent. Very underhanded stuff. Back to training horses. Reward orientation. Science has shown that horses are intelligent. When you break a horse, Think of your breed as a four-year-old boy because scientists believe they have the same brain power. Comment. Even horse trainers know that this training can be used on humans, and it is used every day by cult leaders, political groups, religious leaders, and more. People are a resource, as Negan says in The Walking Dead. And when a family walks into a cult, the leader sees nothing but future resources. They launch a plan to obtain what they want. And it's very much a step-by-step process for them. In other words, your horse will perform basic tasks and, much like a child, react with consequences or rewards. When your kid does the right thing, you owe your kid a new gift or sweet, don't you? Rewards are among the most straightforward approaches to break a horse. Comment Rewards that we were given as disciples for being true believers and renouncing friends or family may include love, verbal support from the master, or new promotions in the food chain at the church, or initiations. Rewards are a trick to get more trust from the horse, aka us humans, being indoctrinated at a church or demanding group. Now the dilemma is, what kind of incentive will a horse take into account? One thing you ought to learn is that it doesn't have to be food. Besides, animal specialists encourage the use of safety measures when providing treats to horses. You'd have to study your horse to understand what he wants. Sometimes, horses tend to want any of the following. Mingling with another horse. A munch on carrots or apples. Taking a break in the pasture. Getting groomed or praised. It may be even as necessary as removing the negative reinforcement. Whatever kind of incentive that offers satisfaction to the horse, it is essential to carry it out right away. It's normal for horses to be afraid, yet how often does your horse get scared? Desensitization shows the horse how to get used to what they're scared of. Horses are driven as an indication of this. So at the end of your day, you must appear calm, pleasant, informed, and consistent in your instructions to the horse. People are scared of indoctrination. Kids are afraid of strangers that are trying to replace their parents as an authority. Let's get the human used to what they're scared of. Show them that we mean no harm. See? Your parents are just over there in another room. You're safe. Your friends and siblings are near. You're okay. It's not that different from while you're at school. You'll get used to it. As humans, we are vulnerable to adapting to anything. We must understand that to avoid future indoctrination incrementally. To repeat, the article says, So at the end of the day, you must appear calm, pleasant, informed, and consistent in your instructions to the horse. Horses are afraid to death of these things. Prove your horse wrong. Whatever object you choose, here are the necessary steps. Stand at the end of the line and hold the doomed object. Your horse is going to fall back naturally. When he stops, reward the little effort. Display the source of the doom again. Push it halfway forward. Bring it up to the face, and if it reacts positively, lower the item down or move it a little further. Don't make slow, scary movements. This looks dodgy. Try to stay calm and let the object touch the head or back of the horse. Let him know it and work your way up. Start bridle and saddle training. The usage of treats or incentives is also going to help you at this point. As for the saddles, you should use the saddle pads first. Replace this with the real saddle when you feel your horse is ready. In grooming, I've shown many movies before anything was done to me. This is a great example. Back to the article. Begin the actual ride. When the horse is accustomed to gear, you'll experiment with placing the weight on its back. You will achieve so by lying across the horse's back by holding your foot in a stirrup. When he's okay with that, carry on swinging your leg over and sitting on its back. Don't panic if he doesn't like it right away. It could take a few days for your horse to feel confident with you riding on its back. Note, to me it's too akin to my master. They made sure not to spook me, incrementally becoming more prominent in my life and separately backing off my parent harshly to make sure there was no interference. That took a few years. Megalomaniacs can be patient and determined. Back to the article how long does it take to break a horse? Breaking a horse can be a very complex and challenging experience. Since every horse is unique, much as every human is, let the trainer follow the procedure. It's a smart idea to conduct a lot of homework on the trainer to make sure they're the right person for the job and should have a strong track record. There's no one answer, but on average it would take 60 days. There have been horse breaking results that go as little as one week, but usually the first 30 days to get the horse on board, then add instructions the next 30 days. If you're sending them to a trainer, it's recommended that you should expect it done in a minimum of two months, but look at 90 days if possible. Conclusion Even though we're all thinking that horses are meant to be ridden, don't confuse it for a right on your end. Horses need to learn how to ride almost as much as you intend to learn how to ride. Be tender and caring in your efforts to build up confidence. And if you can get this right, you'll have gotten a buddy for as long as you have that horse. If you must break a horse, learn how to do it right. The fact is that things we were conditioned with are now embedded in our brain. It takes a tremendous amount of reprogramming to get ourselves to function around these wirings of the brain. The messages our brains were programmed with by a religious cult leader or self-help leader, or even political leaders, if it's a constant, are in the brain now. Smells, sounds, clothing, sex, language all played parts of getting us indoctrinated. The good news? You can reprogram yourself just like others have programmed you in the past. But have you decided what you want in there? To replace the nonsense your mind was filled with in the past? That's important. I notice some people go right to another religion to reprogram themselves. It's handy and convenient. You're listening to The Frankie Files. Files FrankieFilesPodcast.com But I chose to completely start over. Even then, I was tricked into following paths that were familiar. The wiring that our neurons have has to be more carefully considered when intending to override previous habits of thinking and living. I had to reprogram myself that spending time on me was okay. That's a big one. Why? Because learning about yourself or learning how to improve your life was forbidden in the setting I grew up in. That was stealing time from the master who you serve. So this next article, I like some of the points they made. I went to reprogram-yourself.com and found this. You've been receiving emotional programming since you were a small child. In your early years, the programming was coming from your parents, siblings, teachers, and friends. However, in the modern world, this programming can also come from TV, films, reality shows, commercials, and even broadcast sporting events. As the name suggests, broadcast media programs, internet, television, and radio are segments of content intended to reflect images of emotions to which we are susceptible. It is this emotional programming that is one of the foundations for our belief systems. Our beliefs directly influence our patterns of behavior and our habitual emotional responses. If you're growing up in a family of harsh and consistently critical parents, chances are that your parents instilled in you low self-esteem and the belief that you were not good enough. If at the same time you were missing a positive reinforcement from other influential people in your life, There's an even greater responsibility you inherited, the same belief system from that family. We all learn by example, and what we learn is eventually absorbed into our personality. The challenge with the programs that we all run on is that they are operating at both a conscious and unconscious level. Some of our conscious beliefs are not in alignment with the unconscious beliefs. In fact, they actually contradict one another. What's the fastest way to recognize if you have contradicting beliefs? If your outcome is exactly the opposite of what your desires are. That's a good point. Reprogram-yourself.com was where I got that one. Here's some more from wikihow.com. If you have a desire to change the way you think and behave, it is completely 100% possible. The brain is constantly forming new connections and molding itself into how you're telling it to operate. By practicing self-awareness and staying mindful, then you can rein in those negative thoughts and destructive habits and start right now being a better, more positive you. What's tricky is that you have to use the very tool that was used against you to heal yourself, the brain. Hypnosis and indoctrination dominated our senses and memories as cult kids. Now, the effort it takes is worth it to repossess the brain to work in favor of new goals, life achievements, and paths. The brain is receptive to reprogramming, and so you have to ask yourself, what are you doing every day to mitigate previous programming and to create new thoughts and habits? Yes, we often want to obsess by returning to the scene of the crime mentally, so that has to be replaced with new thinking in order to allow healing. Reading, music, dance, nature, art can be means of healing. I know I had to cut out certain music and a lot of fiction reading because those things were heavily used in the New Age religious programming I received. It can be difficult navigating what to use for new programming because so much of it is subconscious. And I would like to add so much of everything in society roots back to religion. So if you want to have coercive free thinking, coercive free programming that doesn't involve religion, it can be tricky. But I don't feel others can truly be an expert on me. Probing my brain using psychology in a setting similar to the abuse I sustained is not a good idea for me. Using hypnosis also, I forbid, because that was so much of what was used on me. And for the record, not all people need deprogrammers. If you were forcibly kidnapped from a destructive cult and are still in a state of mind of total indoctrination, maybe. But for those of us who realized it was all bullshit while there and simply waited to escape, especially the cult kids, so many adult children of cults did this, we simply need to form new habits and learn about the world we were shielded from knowing. Actively training yourself. Your brain, like you condition a horse, can be a great way to help yourself. Get the music, books, colors, and people in your life that align with your new beliefs. Write them out for yourself. Avoid coercive speech and loaded language that tells you what to do and think. Avoid demanding, controlling individual relationships and groups that replicate your previous culting. Just knowing that we can retrain our brains gave me enough hope to understand not only am I not stuck with what happened to me, I can create a whole new world. A whole new world. You know, like the song. Thanks for listening and telling a friend about the podcast. Check out FrankieFilesPodcast.com and the new YouTube channel, Frankie Files Podcast. If you or someone you know wants to be a guest on the show, please see contact info at frankiefilespodcast.com. Stay well. Until next time. If you're feeling down and no one's there to actually talk to, there is someone to talk to. Call the Suicide Prevention Hotline anytime. This will pass. Please know that many of us have survived these thoughts. Call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255 anytime, day or night. There's a friendly person there that can remind you to value the life you have and that this too shall pass. Again, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 800-273-8255. 8255-800-273-8255 or search online National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. You're listening to The Frankie Files, FrankieFilesPodcast.com. You're listening to The Frankie Files, FrankieFilesPodcast.com. People are scared of indoctrination. Kids are afraid of strangers that are trying to replace their parents as an authority. Let's get the human used to what they're scared of. Show them that we mean no harm. See? Your parents are just over there in another room. You're safe. Your friends and siblings are near. You're okay. It's not that different from while you're at school. You'll get used to it. As humans, we are vulnerable to adapting to anything. We must understand that to avoid future indoctrination incrementally. We all learn by example, and what we learn is eventually absorbed into our personality. The challenge with the programs that we all run on is that they are operating at both a conscious and unconscious level. Some of our conscious beliefs are not in alignment with the unconscious beliefs. In fact, they actually contradict one another. What's the fastest way to recognize if you have contradicting beliefs? If your outcome is exactly the opposite of what your desires are. That's a good point. Reprogram-yourself.com was where I got that one. Here's some more from WikiHow.com. If you have a desire to change the way you think and behave, it is completely 100% possible. The brain is constantly forming new connections and molding itself into how you're telling it to operate. By practicing self-awareness and staying mindful, then you can rein in those negative thoughts and destructive habits and start right now being a better, more positive you. What's tricky is that you have to use the very tool that was used against you to heal yourself, the brain. You're listening to The Frankie Files. Frankie Files